The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Are you following what I'm saying? So Jesus said the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Christians, listen to me. Stop being judgmental. Stop taking on the place of the Holy Spirit and try to behave like the Holy Spirit. You are not. Stop being judgmental. You see, the reason why many people don't want to come near you is because you're too judgmental. You judge everyone, you judge everything, you criticize everyone and everything. How can people come close to you? The Bible says that he who wants to have friends must first show himself how friendly. All right, uh, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. I read, it says, But you shall receive power. After the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm starting a new series. This is a very powerful series that I have titled, Advancing the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Advancing the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Many Christians don't know why the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And the moment you don't know for which reason something has been given you begin to abuse that thing. Like Dr. Miles Monroe of Blessed Memory said, he said, where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. Where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. So it's important for us to understand the reason for which God has given us the Holy Spirit and why as God's children we have the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says that this is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, but you shall receive what? Power. Now notice, receiving the power doesn't mean you have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is not power. This is where many people miss it. We relate the Holy Spirit to power. The Holy Spirit is not power. Now, somebody will say, but what are you saying? It's like when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in, in Matthew chapter 3, I think from verse 16 to 18 thereabout or 19, the Bible says that, and when Jesus came from under the water, the Bible says that, and the heavens opened, and the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. Yeah? Like a dove. 
the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. The dove is not the Holy Spirit. Do you get it? If you think the dove is the Holy Spirit, then that means every dove we see around, we say, oh, Holy Spirit, hello, Holy Spirit. You start bowing to the dove. But the dove is not the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So that means the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life brings what? Power. The Holy Spirit is not power. Let me give you another example, another analogy. It's like saying when I come to your house, you'll have food. I'm not food. But when I come to your house, I bring with me some food. Maybe your favorite food. So the Bible says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. So the Holy Spirit comes with power, but the Holy Spirit is not power. Follow me carefully. I want to lay the foundation so you can understand. The, the reason why many people are not benefiting from the Holy Spirit is because they think the Holy Spirit is just one thing. So when I come to your house with that food, I am not the food. My presence comes with it with food. My presence, benefit of coming to your house is I come with food. So one of the benefits of the Holy Spirit coming into your life is it comes with power. Amen. Now, not only that, we have to also understand what the purpose of this power is. Are you following me? We have to understand what is the purpose of the power. Because many a times, people have things, but they don't know for what purpose that thing has been given. So Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Oh, hallelujah. You shall be what? Witnesses. Why do you need power to be a witness? Because he is sending you to a group of people that without the demonstration of his power, your witness will become non-effective. So Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in three places. Number one, in Jerusalem. Jerusalem represents your immediate surroundings. Your Jerusalem represents your family members, your colleagues at work, your neighbors, and friends, and so on and so forth. That's your Jerusalem. So you need power to be an effective witness in your Jerusalem. Number two, place that you must take this power to is in all Judea. Judea is the second aspect of your witnesses. Taking now the witness out of your immediate surrounding to people that are a little bit far from you. For instance, when we started this church, we started it here. And then 
because this place became too small to contain us, we branched out to other communities. Those are our Jerusalem. And then from there, we started planting churches in other nations, like in South Africa, and so on and so forth. So um, we have to understand our Jerusalem, our Judea, and then the third area that he said we must go to is Samaria. Samaria represents people who reject the gospel. The Samarians are people that you have no dealings with. In John chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus, in John chapter 4 verse 1, let's read it quickly, John chapter 4 verse 1. The Bible says that Jesus must need go through Samaria. John chapter 4 verse 1, I read it. Say, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, Yes, go on. Through Jesus. Is it John chapter 4? Yeah, we keep reading. Yeah, I think it's John chapter 4. Through Jesus himself, though Jesus himself baptized not by his disciples, verse 3, he left Judea mm -hmm, and departed again into Galilee. Yes, verse 4. And he must need go through Samaria. This is very important. He must need go through. Now, in those days, Jesus and the Samarians had nothing to do. That's why the Bible says he must need. It was a need. It was necessary for him to go through Samaria. Are you following me? Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Keep going. Please be very fast. Now Jacob's well was there. Therefore, being wearied was his journey, sat on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. I want us to go as quickly as we can. Now notice, this is very important. It said, there cometh a woman of Samaria. To draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest me of which is a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Did you see that? So our Samaria is where the dealings of the people has nothing to do with us. We already know that they hate us. The Samaria that Jesus said we must go to, now let's go back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. I'm still laying the foundation. The Samaria are the people who don't want us near them. The Samaria, those few people who curse us. They use the curse word. They swear at us. Every time you want to tell them about Jesus, 
They swear about you. They swear to you. These are the people we must go to. Because that woman made us to understand that the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And the Bible says that Jesus must need go through Samaria. And you know the end of the story in John chapter 4. Jesus told the woman everything about her. And she went. Last week I taught you. She went to the village and told all the men, come and see a man, a prophet, that told me everything about myself. And the whole village came to Jesus. And Jesus led them to the saving knowledge of God. So the Bible says that, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses upon me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. The uttermost part. Now, the uttermost part of the earth represent places that you and I cannot go to. As much as we want everyone to to hear the gospel, there are some places you cannot go to. It's called the uttermost part of the earth. It's called the jungle, jungle part, where there are human beings. So how are we going to get them to also hear the gospel? We partner with those who are going there to take the gospel to them. Are you following me? Now, another example is the utmost part of the world is when we live stream our services from here to thousands and tens of thousands across the world. That's a, there are some places people tell us where they are watching from that I have never heard the name of that place before. And I know in my lifetime, I probably might not be able to go there. That's the utmost part of the world. And how do we get there? By, by partnering with the gospel and taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone. Hallelujah. Now remember we are talking about what? Advancing the kingdom of God through what? The power of the Holy Spirit. So quick question we want to ask is why were we given the Holy Spirit? For what reason? Why has Jesus left and given us the Holy Spirit? What is the purpose? Is it for us to shake a little bit? Is it for us to feel goose pimples? What is the purpose? John chapter 16 from verse 7 to 11. John chapter 16 from verse 7 to 11. I read, the Bible says, nevertheless, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I, Jesus, go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Notice that the Holy Spirit's responsibility is to convict the world of sin. You and I are not supposed to convict the world of sin. And for your information, 
you can't reach people that you condemn. Oh, you, you are, you are, you are this, you are that. No, you can't reach anyone if you destroy the bridge between you and them. Paul puts it this way. Paul said, to all men, I become everything. To the weak, I become weak. Do you get it? To the strong, I become strong. To the intellectual, I become an intellectual. To the illiterate, I become an illiterate. You can't reach people if you are not on their level. If you want to reach the boys in the ghetto, you have to learn the ghetto language. You can't dress up in suits and go to the ghetto. You have to learn the ghetto dressing. You have to identify yourself with them. Are you following what I'm saying? So our place is not to convict the world of sin. They already know they are sinning. You don't have to amplify it in their ears. That's why this is not a church to condemn you. It's a church to lift you up out of that situation and place you where God wants you to be. Are you following what I'm saying? So Jesus said the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Christians, listen to me. Stop being judgmental. Stop taking on the place of the Holy Spirit and try to behave like the Holy Spirit. You are not. Stop being judgmental. You see, the reason why many people don't want to come near you is because you're too judgmental. You judge everyone. You judge everything. You criticize everyone and everything. How can people come close to you? The Bible says that he who wants to have friends must first show himself how friendly. You can't have friends if you are not friendly. So we must stop judging people. A sister comes to the church today for the first time and you're looking at her mini skirt. Probably that's all she's got. That's all she's got. She wants to come to church. Why are you looking at a mini skirt up and down? Where did this one come from? She just came from the nightclub. And so what? Is that your concern? Why are you sucking people from the church by your judgmental behavior? By your judgmental looks? You look at somebody and say, "Mm mm-hmm. Maybe somebody comes with a a different hairstyle that you haven't seen before. And you start looking at them up and down. We are living in a world where variety is acceptable. Can you imagine all of us are the same shape? We have the same teeth. We have the same eyes. How boring would the world be? Some of us, our nose is slightly bigger than others because we need to breathe in a little bit more air than the others. It's acceptable. Are you following what I'm saying? It's, it, the fact that his nose or her nose is bigger than yours 
doesn't mean yours is better than his or hers. Let's stop being judgmental. Jesus was standing and a woman was caught in adultery. John chapter 8, we won't read it. This woman was caught in the very act. The man brought the woman to Jesus and they said, Jesus. And I like the way the Bible puts it. The Bible says that they brought her and put her in the middle. And she had people surrounding her. And in those days when you are caught in the act, they have to stone you to death. So they brought the woman. They didn't bring the man. They caught the woman in the act. It takes two to tango, ain't it? Right? How can you catch one woman in the act? They caught the man and the woman and they let the man go. And they brought the woman to say, Jesus, we caught her in the very act. What were they doing to catch her in the act? Because in this act, it is done behind closed doors. So I'm sure they were peeping. Somebody was peeping through the, the keyhole. There's something called demand and supply. Right? If there is no demand, there will be no supply. If there is no supply, there will be no demand. <laughs> okay, where is Pastor going? We'll get there soon. So, they were peeping through the hole. They caught the woman and said, Jesus, we caught her. And they brought her to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, Moses in the law says, if a woman is caught, she must be stoned to death. And the Bible says that Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground. It's another message for another day. And Jesus asked, if any one of you have not seen, let him be the one who will cast the first stone. And the Bible says that they started walking away one by one, beginning from the eldest to the smallest. And Jesus, after everyone has gone, looked at the woman and said, Woman, where are your accusers? And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. If Jesus never condemned someone who was caught in the very act. Who are you? To start pointing fingers. Have you noticed when you point one finger, the rest is pointing at you. <laughs> See, you, 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 this one, you, you. The rest is pointing where? At you. Sometimes we forget the log in our eyes and we want to remove the peck a little tiny speck in somebody's eye. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So we have to understand our place in the kingdom. When you don't understand your place in the kingdom of God, you create a lot of confusion. So we go back to John chapter 16. Are you enjoying this message? Yes. Mm -hmm. So verse 9 of John chapter 16, Jesus said, The Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, 
of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So that is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit. Now remember, we are talking about what? Advancing the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. That means without the Holy Spirit, we can't advance the kingdom of God. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't advance the kingdom of God. And a quick question we want to ask is, what does it mean to advance the kingdom of God? What does it mean to advance the kingdom of God? To advance the kingdom of God is to purposefully, please write this down, purposefully, passionately, and consciously move the house of God forward. To advance the kingdom of God is to purposefully, passionately, and consciously move the house of God forward. So that means when you're part of the kingdom of God, your part must be played how? Purposefully, passionately, and consciously in moving the house of God forward. In moving the house of God forward. Don't be the axe in the in a house that is dull. Remember, during the prophetic encounter, I said, when you are dull, you slow everything. When you are dull, it takes more strength to achieve what we want to achieve. And the kingdom of God is constantly advancing. So quickly, as we get ready to close, what does it mean to advance the kingdom of God forward? Four things quickly and then we'll close. What does it mean to advance the kingdom of God forward? Number one, to advance the kingdom of God forward, we must become saviors of men. Number one, we must become saviors of men. First Timothy chapter four, verse 10. We must become saviors of men. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men. Notice that carefully. He is the savior of how many men? All men, especially of those who believe. So that means God's number one desire is to save how many men? To save how many men? All men. But do you know that God cannot do that without you and I? He needs to partner with you and I to be able to do that. Why? Because God is a spirit. And because he's a spirit, a spirit cannot talk to uh, someone who doesn't have the spirit of God in him. How many of you remember when Saul got converted? Saul, when he was on the road of Damascus and he had an encounter with Jesus. After that encounter, the Bible says that he became blind. Remember that? When he became blind, he had to be led to the house of Cornelius. Is that right? When he was led to the house, Cornelius now had to pray for Saul, who later became Paul. Had to pray for him, for his conversion to be permanent or to be complete. Now, even though Jesus had an encounter with him on the road, he needed a human being 
to complete this work. Are you following what I'm saying? So, no matter how powerful God is, God needs you and I to partner with him to become saviors of men. There are some people who don't believe in God, but they'll believe that God exists when they see what God is doing in your life. Do you know that? There are some people who will say, I, I remember when I got born again, there was a lady in my area, she said, what? Everybody is giving their life to Christ and Adam has also given his life to Christ. This one is a seven day wonder. She said, this one can never give. Because the way I was in that area, my God, there was no way I could be saved. She said, it's a seven-day wonder. I'm still here, 20-something, going to, you know, 30 years. I'm still in the faith by the grace of God. Are you following what I'm saying? So some people will only come to Christ when they see the change. When Paul became transformed, there were many people who were scared. They said, oh, we know this guy. This guy was breathing fire on the church everywhere. But through him, many came to Christ. Because they saw what he was in the world. And the best way to win souls is to go to the people you used to go to the nightclub with. Say amen. You are not saying amen as if you haven't been to a nightclub before. You know you've been you've been to the nightclub or let's let's polish it. Those you go to the you used to go to the pub with. You used to. I know some of us still still you know praise God, but it's okay. Those that you used to do stuff with, those that you used to chase women with. Those that you used to drink up with. Are you, they are the people. They are your Jerusalem. Who the Holy Spirit has empowered you to reach for Jesus. These are the people you must go to. When they see your life and they see what God has done through you. They say, wow. You have become born again. Ah. God is really indeed there. So I want to be, I want to know your God. I want to experience what you are experiencing. Maybe in your marriage there is no joy, but you come to church and the spirit of God breathes upon your marriage and then all of a sudden there is peace. That's the best place to tell people that you, want, you used to report your issues in your marriage with that come and see there is a God in solution that has taken care of the challenges that we used to go through. So we must become what? Saviors of men. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. Soul winners are the wisest people on this earth. He who wins souls is what? Wise. So the opposite is true. He who does not win soul is unwise. So God wants us to be what? Soul winners. 
What does it mean to win a soul? Simple. Come and see. We spoke about the come and see strategy. Come and see what God has done for me. Come and see what God did for me last week. When I went to church, the pastor didn't know anything about my issue, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, he gave me practical solutions how to overcome this challenge. Come and see the God who has changed my life. That's how to reach the laws for Jesus. When you start telling them, come and see, you are sharing your testimony. Come and see what God has done for me. Now, if you don't go telling anyone, come and see, that means you are telling God you haven't done anything for me. Who knows that through you, a soul that is going through to hell will be rescued by you. Do you know that there are some people, I, your pastor, I can never reach? It doesn't matter my anointing. I can never reach them because they are not in my circle. There are some people who are in your circle. They are in your circle of eight. They are in your circle of influence. You can easily influence them. You, right now you finish church, you call them, come to my house for lunch. You don't have to pray. You don't have to fast. They will come. Is that true? They will come. There are some people you tell them, take me to this party. They don't know whose party it is, but they'll follow you. There are some people who tell them, come with me to this funeral. They don't know who has died, but they'll follow you. What does that mean? You have influence over those people. Why don't you use your influence to lead them to heaven? Say amen. amen. It's like I'm teaching a foreign gospel today. It's what I'm teaching a foreign gospel. You came today to hear about breakthrough. Miracles. Healing. Where's my healing? Your healing is in what I'm teaching. We must become saviors of men. We, have be, we must become. That's what we have been called for. Last week I said, give God three months. Invite one person to church. This week, but I haven't, I'm not sure if, how many of you did that? Last week you invited one person. Okay. The whole church, two people. See this whole church, two people only practice the powerful message I preached last Sunday where you said, oh pastor, what a powerful message. That you said I preach. Only two people in this big church put the word to practice. That's bad. That's like 0.2. Wow. I hope this one you put it to practice. Oh. How many of you know we are not doing religion here? It's not a religious church. Amen. We are followers of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, number two, to advance the kingdom of God forward, we have to lay down our lives for the kingdom agenda. Say amen to that. Amen. We have to do what? Lay down our lives for the kingdom agenda. John chapter 10, verse 15 and verse 17. John chapter 10, 
verse 15. Jesus said, as the father knows me, even so I know the father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. This is powerful. I lay my life down for who? For the sheep. I lay my life down for who? For the sheep. What does it mean to lay your life down for the sheep? Sacrifice. Your shame. Your pain. Whatever it will cost you to reach the sheep of Jesus for the kingdom of God, you have to do it. And by the grace of God, next week, I see multitudes giving their lives to Jesus in this church. Say a good amen. Amen. Next week, Sunday, I see multitudes giving their lives to Jesus. This whole altar will be full with souls because we, you and I, are going to step out there to invite our friends, our brothers, our sisters, our relatives, our aunties, our cousins, our colleagues, whoever it is, we are going to step out there Invite them to church next week and by the grace of God they are going to give their lives to Christ. So Jesus said as the father knows me even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. The question I want to ask you this morning is does the father know you? Does he know what you are capable of doing? Can the Father trust you? Can God trust you? Can you lay your your life down for the sheep? Can you? Jesus said, I lay my life down. I'm ready to die. Because some of us have laid our life down. I have laid my life down for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Oh, this series is so powerful. It will bless you. It will change your life forever. I am going to show you how to advance the kingdom of God forward. We have to conquer the spirit of greed. Because you see, it's this evil spirit that causes us not to be conscious of what we have been called for. Do you know that if you are selfish, you cannot lay your life down? Have you noticed what's going on around the world? People are panic buying. That is greed. They are panic buying to satisfy their greed. When you go to a supermarket and you ransack everything on the shelf, that means you're not thinking about the next person. You think you are the only one who is supposed to survive in this world. That's greed. Just buy what you need for today. God told the children of Israel, he said, the manna, don't store it for two days. Just take what you can eat for today. And you know what happened? Those who ignored and disobeyed, they took more. And the following day, the manna was full of worms. We must conquer greed. You can't advance the kingdom of God if you're not ready to lay down your life. Think about what God has done for you. Think about what God has done for your family. And lay down your life for the sheep. I have laid down my life for this vision. Lay down. 
I'm not in this because of what I can get. God already knows. I was doing a very good job. He asked me to leave. I left and followed. I never asked God, so what am I going to get for leaving all of this? My, my focus is singleness of purpose. You bless me, praise God. You don't bless me. I love you with all my heart. I'm ready to lay down my life. John chapter 10 verse 17. Jesus said, therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. You see what happens when you lay down your life for the sheep? God loves you. Do you know what it means for God to love you? God loves you. God protects you. God shields you because he loves you. If you're loved by God, no evil can come near you because God loves you. You can't be destroyed because God loves you. So he'll make sure he cover you, he shields you, he protects you because you have made it as your agenda to lay down your life for the sheep. Sometimes, when you go telling people about Jesus, they'll insult you. Praise God. We saw it. That's why we need power to go to our Samaria. Our Samaria are those who reject you. They'll reject the gospel. They'll say, but we have no dealings with these people. But you have to lay down your life. Number three, to advance the kingdom of God, we must seek first the kingdom of God. Say amen. amen. Oh, say a good amen. amen. To advance the kingdom of God, we must what? seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. It's time to seek first the kingdom. I said it's time to seek first the kingdom. We must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, not some of these things, all these things. The house you're looking for, the promotion you're looking for, the job you're looking for, the marriage you're looking for, Jesus said they will be added unto you. But how does that happen? If you seek first the kingdom of God. We must be a church that seeks the kingdom of God passionately, purposefully, and consciously. Have you noticed that when you're not conscious of something, of your environment, sometimes you misbehave? Let me put it that way. If you are not conscious of people around you, when you are alone, there are things you do that you not do when people are there. <laughs> you know, for instance, you are sitting down with a group of people. You know, you're sitting there and watching a movie. Let me, let's put it that way. You're watching a movie alone. As you're sitting there, you can nod off, right? 
Sometimes I'm sitting and I'm watching a movie and I sleep and the movie is watching me. I tell my wife the movie when I wake up, I don't know where I left off. Maybe one hour movie can take me three, four days to watch it <laughs> because I watch it bit by bit. So you're sitting there all by yourself, you, you, you sleep and you start snoring. Yeah, you start snoring. Thank you, Aim, for demonstrating it for us. You start snoring. Now, the next time people are around you and you are conscious that they are there, even when you are tired, you make every effort not to sleep. Isn't that right? And then when you begin to sleep and then you start snoring, it's interesting enough, that's when you become conscious that you're snoring and all of a sudden you wake up and then you ask the person, was I snoring? What is the difference? You became conscious. You became conscious. When there was no one, you were not conscious. You just slept off. You didn't care who was there. You did other things apart from snoring that we can't mention in the church. Praise God. Yeah, because no one was there. But the moment you become conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, your behavior changes. Hallelujah. So we must seek first the kingdom. Consciously. When you are around town, start looking around you consciously. Someone is waiting. Many of us go to the supermarket every week. Take a flyer from the church. I don't know you, but I believe I'm here not by accident. That's how you do it. Jesus said, I should invite you to church next week. What are you doing? They say, oh, I'm busy next week. Oh, ah, the following week. You are not busy the following week. They say, I'm busy. Oh, what about the following? Whatever excuses they give, look for a way to capture them. Once they say, yes, I'll be available, get their phone number. This year, make it a habit that you will see one person established in this church. Give birth to one soul. Just one and say, this person is my responsibility. I am going to pressure her. I am going to pressure him. No matter what he does, I will not give him an escape route. They are coming to church with me. And like that woman who kept knocking. Keep knocking until they are tired of you. Hallelujah. The last one as we close is love God. To advance the kingdom of God, we have to love God with all our heart. Say amen. amen. Today, why are you not saying amen? You don't like the message. This message is about the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, this series will bless you. You have to love God with what? All your heart. Mark chapter 12 from verse 28 to 31. I read. The Bible says that then one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? They're asking Jesus this question. Jesus, verse 29, answered him. The first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord, he is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with how many of your heart? 
With how many of your heart? With all your heart. And with how many of your soul? Did Jesus say 90% of your soul? Did he say 99% of your soul? With how many of your soul? And with how many of your mind? And with how many of your strength? Did he say 20% of your strength? Did he say 75%? How many? How many? How many? You are not answering. How many? How many? How many of your heart? How many of your soul? How many of your strength? How many of it? How many of your mind? All. All. All means what? All means what? All. Not some. All. If the shoe you wear costs more than you give to God, you are not giving all. This is powerful. Do you know what it meant for people who got independence for this nation? What they had to give, they gave their lives. Some of us, our countries, people had to give their lives for independence. They died. They give all. Give what? All. Give what? Give what? Not some. Give what? So from today, how many are you going to give? How many? How many? Yeah, We are going to give what? We are going to give all. I said we are going to give all. I said we are going to give all. I said we are going to give all. In the name of Jesus. And grace to give all comes upon you today. Say a good amen. Grace to give all of your heart. All of your mind. All of your soul. All of your strength. The grace to give all comes upon you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 31, Jesus said, the second is like it is. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. These are the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all. All your heart. All your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And see if God will not change your destiny forever. Finally, finally, we're going to read this scripture and we'll close. Second Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1 to 9. This scripture tells us about the last days. Second Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1 to 9. I read, it says, but you know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Do you see what prevents us from advancing the kingdom? Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despises of good, 
traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are these those who creep into household and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jonas and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth of all corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you see the last days? Lovers of them, they won't love God. Lovers of themselves, lovers of party, slanderers, and so on and so forth. So it's time for us to advance the kingdom. Amen. Amen. I said it's time to advance the kingdom. It's time. We don't have time. It's time for us to advance what? The kingdom of God. And as we do that, God will bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you receive it this morning? Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. Let's rise up on our feet and say this with me before we pray. Say this with me. Say, say this with me. Say, I, I pledge from today, from today to be a kingdom advancer. advancer. Say it again. Say, I, I put your name there. I, I put your name. Put your full name. I, Adama Sebeji, do pledge that from today I will become a kingdom advancer in Jesus' name. Let's begin to pray now. Just begin to pray. Ask God to give you grace. Grace to become a kingdom advancer. Grace to become a kingdom advancer. Grace to become a kingdom advancer. Lord Jesus, give me the grace to advance your kingdom. To be conscious of your kingdom. To advance your kingdom purposefully. That's what I am on earth for. That is what I'm here for. Help me, Lord Jesus, to advance the kingdom. Help me, Jesus. Give me the grace. The grace to advance the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You are in this service this morning. You haven't given your life to Jesus. You know if you die now, you will not make it to heaven. Or you're watching online. You haven't given your life to Jesus. You know if you die now, you will not go to heaven. 
You know, you know, you are not sure. You are not certain that you will make it to heaven. You say, Pastor, I want to make it to heaven. Some of you might even say, I don't believe whether heaven is real or hell is real. Well, the answer to that is die and see. Die and see where you end up. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Heaven is real. That's why Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. You can't joke with the existence of heaven or hell. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Heaven is eternal life with God. Hell is eternal damnation with Satan. So heaven is real. And hell is real. You are here this morning. You haven't given your life to Christ. Or you are here and you gave your life to Christ. But you have backslided. You have gone back to the world. Listen. It's not once saved. Always saved. The Bible says we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So if you are here this morning, you are not born again, you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, you say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. You know you were, you were once born again, but you are backslidden. You have moved away from the faith. Your relationship with God is no longer right. You know if you die now, you will not make it to heaven. They say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray with me. I want to pray with you. Lift up your right hand and I want to pray with you. I see that hand. You lift up that right hand. You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to rededicate your life to Jesus? You want to rededicate your life to Jesus? They say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. I want to pray. We don't have time. We don't have time. You might not have this opportunity again. Today is the only day you might have. You don't have tomorrow. You don't have next week. Tomorrow doesn't belong to anyone. Tomorrow only belongs to God. God. It doesn't belong to anyone. So you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. You say, Pastor, I want you to help me, lead me to give my life to Jesus. Please lift up your right hand wherever you are in the church. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Praise God. Those of you who have lifted up your hands, please come. Please come. Take the next step. Come forward. I want to pray with you. Come. 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 Don't be shy. Come. Come. I want to pray with you. No wait. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Today is your day of salvation. Stand here. Stand here and face me. Face me. Stand here and face me. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person. Write my name in your book of life. May I save you all the days of my life. From today, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, your grace has brought this, your precious children. Let that same grace preserve them. Cover them with the precious blood of Jesus. 
let their feet be planted in your house for the rest of their lives. Let them serve you all the days of their lives. Jesus, I thank you that nothing will draw these precious ones out of your house. Let their heart desire be only for the things of God. I thank you. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations. 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 Let's give Jesus some praise. God bless you. You've made the best decision you'll ever make. Now we have to feed on the word to grow. Okay? This is the best decision you'll ever make. And now we help you to grow in the word, to, to study the word. It's like drinking milk when you are born as a baby. You drink milk and start eating meat and then you grow bigger and bigger and bigger. The only way you can do that is going coming to church every Sunday. If your parents are not available to come, look for a way to come. Because heaven is not for you and your parents. Heaven is for India. You see the two of you gave your life to Christ today. It's separate decisions. You are going to go to heaven individually. Heaven is not a corporate business. It's an individual business. So the only way you grow is by coming to church every Sunday. If you're not here, wherever you are, you go to church every Sunday. Make sure you grow. Okay? And as you do that, you go to heaven. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. Let's give Jesus some praise. Is that how you celebrate for souls giving their lives to Jesus? Is that how to celebrate? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you receive it today? Are we going to advance the kingdom of God? Are we ready to be kingdom advancers? In the name of Jesus. Next week, I'm believing God that this whole altar will be full of souls. How are we going to do that? Step out this week. Invite how many people? Just one person. Get on your phone. Out in town, flyer, invite them. Whatever it takes. We are going to anakazo them. It's called to necessitate them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.